0: Clicked on the link! Um, Yeah, thank you for tuning in for another episode. So, unfortunately, this was supposed to be a guest episode, but we are in a lockdown. Coronavirus, social distancing, don't go out, Ah! all those things. And so I couldn't get a guest over because, you know, being a responsible citizen and not trying to make it more difficult on our health professions and our government and so forth so you know stay at home um skip your distance and hopefully we'll get through this on the other side well enough you know so yeah so instead of a guest i will be doing what i call jaw talk which i think i talked about in the first the little intro thing but it's i have a few topics that are randomly just in like a bowl or a jar. They're supposed to be in a jar, but you know, I don't have a jar, so they're in a bowl, bowl. However, you want to pronounce, you it. Um, I put some random topics in there. I'm gonna shake it, and then I think I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna do three topics with you guys, and on top of that, in this episode, I decided to do a Q&A. So I just like sent out fillers. I asked people, what do you want to ask me on a Q&A? You know. This is your opportunity, this is your chance to gain some sort of insight, insight, and so like that. So that's what this episode will be. I'm going to start with the Q&A, and then I'm going to go into jar talk. So future references, jar talk, random topics, in a bowl, in a jar, you know, shake it up a bit, open, a, open up, find out what the topic is, and then you know, speak on it off the dome, off the top. Uh This is just for so you guys to have, like, you know... A fresh view, an unresearched view, you know, to see the real me, the authentic me. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. So let's get right into it. Bananana. So yeah, uh, the first segment, Q and A. Let me answer the questions that you asked me. Um, so, I won't, don't remember, I didn't write down the who asked me what, so, like, you must just know in your heart that this is your question, and I'm answering it, but, you know, I believe majority of it was the homeboy Tuli. so, like, you know, thanks for always supporting, thanks for asking as many questions as you did, and, yeah, everyone else, also, thank you for participating, thank you for sending me your questions, and, yeah, I hope I answer them to your satisfaction. So, yes. Let's begin. Um, number one, what, at, what aspect of podcasting do you prefer over blogging and vice versa? Um, definitely the part where I don't have to spell what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I think generally that is, uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm a terrible speller, even though I articulate well and I sound great and I can speak the English. I'm a terrible speller. And um, what happens is because I'm a terrible speller, sometimes I can't even figure out how it is the word I'm looking for, how it's spelled. And so, like, even it reached a point, even like, you know, Microsoft words like, Sir, I don't know what you were saying. I don't know what word this is. And so I have to rearrange a whole sentence or a whole thought, like, with a new word because other synonyms won't fit as well as that specific word that I wanted. So I know that is generally something that comes with writing. Um, yeah especially when i'm a terrible speller and i think writing is a bit um more longer it's it's a bit more i wouldn't say tedious but like it it's more effort while with speaking it's just off the tongue it's rolling i speak my thoughts so like you know it's not thought okay cool keyboard look at the letters cuz i'm not, i'm not an excellent keyboard typer also so like a G, F okay this is the q da, 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 and then i i have to type it and then you know the spelling also like infringes and all that so it's always that that element i would say and yeah i feel like you i feel like i i get to express because like i think one of my greatest fears is that i can't ramble with words as much even though that's my moniker, that's my my, <laughs> my name um i feel like i can't ramble and ramble and say these things i have to be like a certain point i have to make sense although the podcast i think you can you i'm you have more leeway to for you guys to flow with my train of thought and see how i got to a conclusion whilst i have to make sure that somewhat when i'm writing a blog that i'm concise it makes sense i don't drift too much and it's like right there whilst with the podcast i think um you guys enjoy or you know you'd like to hear me drift off and give my aspects and thoughts on certain things so yeah i think that would be um the answer to that question you know um uh, my fi- my three favorite podcasts yeah. uh, i don't have three favorite podcasts like that's generally the truth um i've been i've got into the podcast thing and i've been listening to a few podcasts there hasn't been anything that captivated me as much there are two but there hasn't been like you know all the things i've listened to so i can give you three i can give you the two that i have so like you know uh one of them straight off the bat homeboy tuli's um podcast conversations about nothing um brilliant content man i like how it's laid back it's like you know i think it's because i generally like the guy also so like The conversations he has is the conversations we would sit down and have. Like, it's the things, like, he speaks about. Like, you know, I know him. And, like, you know, he speaks what I like because I like him too. Like, we're we're bras. We go a long way. So, I I generally enjoy his content. So, you know, there's that. Like, he's my favorite podcast. I always get excited when I see it. I find time for it. But he's actually, like, the only reason I listen to podcasts in the beginning with. Because before, I was like, these things are so long so long why would you sit here and listen to it and then you like you find a way and like oh okay cool like all well, you're busy just catch thoughts and stuff like that and it's always a fun listen i think he's like he's a very real element um i think compared to like for instance my past episodes where you can see i'm very concise i have the information of data this is my train of thought he's very like you know flow chill kind of you know these are my thoughts express grow up type of things you know like you know comments that he usually does say so i really enjoy his podcast so he's definitely there um, Yeah What was I saying That was yeah so he's one of the great The podcasts that I enjoy uh, What was I saying And yes And another the second one would be Talks and thoughts with Soz Oh yes I love her content man I think she even dropped An episode Yeah she dropped an episode I think about like a week ago you know, about uh, don't pick me or pick me or something like that. It was a brilliant episode. Um, I think I was, I think, I think, I think someone on Twitter said I, when I was like, I was excited about it and someone told me like, yeah, you guys bullied, bullied it out of her because, you know, I think it was, a it was a, it was, it had been a while since she had posted, but yeah, definitely up there, hers, her and Tulip's posts, um, podcasts, love them to bits. But they're not the only pods I have listened to, because like you, like I said, this is a, like you asked favorite. I don't think I have. Those two are my favorite. Those two I'm always gonna like. You know, seek out and so forth. But I've listened to other podcasts. I listened to, um, I, th- I think I listened to a psychology a psycholo- psychological podcast with a therapist, lady expressing herself. That was interesting, but it really didn't capture me. Um, for those who look for explicit content you know there was um casting with the feminist witch that was that was interesting because i've I seen her on twitter then I, I clicked on her podcast it's very there was there was one there was one that really you know intrigued me because it was a, it was like discussing um overcoming you know the trauma of rape that was that was very insightful that was very deep of if, if anything that was a good episode um generally her, her, her conversations are very explicit though they're like woo, like so like if you're into that you know if you're into like sexual content and like you know women expressing themselves sexually sexual liberation i think that's the podcast for you um it's it, it, it's 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 not entirely for me i don't think it's the content i want to consume i'm not against it though you know but i was like i was like god this is this is this is some 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 nasty stuff that like oh lord, but yeah, so like there is that that was interesting. Um, I've listened to there's one with Keith, oh that was interesting Keith Keith's podcast. Oh, where he co-hosts with his with his female companion. I know her face. I just can't remember her name. They did really brilliant. They actually like dissect literature and and like you know have proper conversations. Ah, still disappointed. Still disappointed. Podcast. I think that's something that to look into or look up for. Um, I'm still on the fence on it. I really enjoyed the, the episode I listened to, and I I want to see where they go with it. I wouldn't call it a favorite yet, but you know, um, I I enjoyed it. It was it wasn't a bad listen. It was it was good. It was interesting. It was insightful. I learned a lot, and you know, it gave me perspectives and views, especially on certain things. Like Keith was like saying a lot of statements that just you know resonated with me. Like I'm like. Yo, that's a thought. That's something we should dissect. That's something we should talk about. And generally so, like, you know, so I really enjoy that. I really enjoy things that make me think. So, like, I appreciate that. But, like, I can't give you a top three, but I can give you a top two. It's Thule and Sawz. I love their things. Um... You know what? I think in the description, I'll put down a link to their podcast. Please do listen to them. They're amazing at what they do or with the content that they do give us. I genuinely enjoy myself. I probably... It's probably your cup of tea if you enjoy me. So, yeah. I think... Okay, I won't put myself on the same level as, as them, but I feel like if you enjoy my content, you most probably enjoy their content. It's like, you know. It's like, you know. Okay, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. Um... Third question. Favorite year of your life and why? Um, huh. Favorite year of the life and why? I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I would say I don't think I've reached that year yet. I don't... Um, all the years I've had, they've had milestones, but there's never been a concise of, you know, great year for me. There's been a year for... Like, there's been a year that was good on paper. Like, I would say... Twenty nineteen was a good year for me on paper. Cause um I graduated, um, upper class industrial psychology. I got a job. Um not only do I get get a job, I got a job working in my my actual field of study where I could actually learn from people who are thriving in my country with the degrees that I, I've you know I can obtain and that I'm going with. Uh, not only that, um so I graduated, I got a job, I got I got the opportunity to go back and finish my philosophy, and I like, continue philosophy because I love philosophy with a passion. And you know, generally, so um, I think it's something that's um tr- tends to be overlooked in this country and so forth. Like I think it's very insightful. I think it's a very important field to go into, and I'm glad that I got to continue, and I'm glad that I am. I reached a point where I can further my knowledge in that so on paper it was brilliant like you know i got to do i i I hit like three proper milestones that you know um adjusted my life and like made it for the better on paper like i said on paper was brilliant um psychologically it was a tough year man like um i was going through a lot um so like i couldn't really celebrate my successes oh and also last year i got a girlfriend oh my god that was amazing like like best she's the best she's the best she's the best I, I i i think it happened so late in the year i i i mentally think that we started dating this year but no we started dating literally last year yeah so yeah anyways brilliant i love her so much to bits like you know best thing best relationship i've ever been in so far and it's just like you know the get-go and like, ugh, I'm in it, man. I'm in it. I adore her to bits, but yes. So, like, you see, all those. So, I'll say those four things, like, generally great stuff, you know. Um, but like, like I said, mentally wasn't a great year for me. Um, you know, trying to cope with certain aspects, trying to learn and adjust. Um, I had a, I think, I could be over exaggerating, but I tend to not. I think I had, like, a breakdown in December the year before, 2018, and, like, dragged out the whole of 2019, like, you know, so, like, I had to deal with that, but at the same time, I couldn't deal with it because I have to be happy, so, you know, like, I'm graduating, like, you are like, who's, what is, what is a sad graduate, you can't be a sad graduate, I had to, like, you know, you know, um, adult, like, I got a job, so, like, I have to be there on time, every day, work, you know, give my best, suggest ideas try to grow learn all those things you know um i got a partner i gotta be there for my partner i gotta show her the best side of me and stuff like that but she knows and she's like she's like you know you need to rest you need to heal and i think that's what i appreciate about her like she knows she likes checks she checks i don't i don't i don't pay enough attention to me to myself and yeah so you so you can see why 2019 on paper was a great year but ah it wasn't a great year so i think the year for me my favorite year is still coming so but yeah so so far on paper i great. on paper great year 2019 but my favorite year has not come arrived yet see look at you you were asking me why i'm asking definitive questions on your podcast here you are asking definitive questions on my podcast see this is why we're friends you want to scold me for things that you're doing sis i know this is these questions <laughs> um question number four rank drake's projects ignore everything before so far gone in a drake fan in me okay 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 so there was so far gone there was thank me later then after thank me later was take care and then after take care was 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 was, was, was what was after take care um nothing was the same i believe nothing was the same was then after that and then... I think it was... If you're listening to this, it's too late. If you're reading this, listening to this. If you're listening to this, it's too late. If you're reading this, it's too late. Um, then there was the thing with future, I think. Life's good, no? Yes, no? And then there was views, and then Scorpion. So here's like eight projects out, I believe. Eight projects out. Uh, probably should have looked at this and made sure. But yeah so this is the ones i can remember these are like eight projects so i think for me um album wise i'll put scorpion in number eight position eight so the last one um it was i think it was so long that it didn't really have a narrative or a story i could easily buy into there was some bangers in there like it was proper like i know the the build to scorpion was 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 a great hype you know i think we had non-stop um was, was killing it at the time and then, then um nice for what was also slaying and then there was another song that was also like killing it. it was, so like it's it's not a it do, it's not that it doesn't have great hits on it. It has some interesting like I loved emotionless. Um I I think I, I, I liked I loved March 14 or I liked March 14. I think Survival is a great intro and like you know but the problem is, like, you know, the album was so long and I think it, it lost its footing. I, I think there wasn't really uh, a Drake narrative, if I can, if I could say so, in that usually there's always a, a Drake narrative to an album or, like, you, you get to see where his head is. So I think because it was so long and, like, you know, there were, like, I feel like there were some things that were, like, you they were there that could have been polished a bit, you know, some things that were just really just randomly placed so yeah man um scorpion number eight i think seven would be his collaborative album with future um it didn't speak to me man it didn't speak to me as much um i do enjoy a few things i could even switch them i could put future's thing on seven and that one on eight but like no i'm gonna keep it like that i think i think what a time to be alive was was an okay outing it was it was it was right, man. it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't what i crave from drake so like you know there was some gems in there but it was okay it was okay it was enjoyable um it was enjoyable but it wasn't really a strong footing for me so yeah so now what is number six yo what other albums are there man did i did i say it right were they eight albums did i say it right hmm Ha, ha ha ha. I probably should have wrote this down. You know what? Let me grab a piece of paper. You're gonna do this together. No, no. I think I've no, I think then number six should be Thank Me Later. It was his first album and I think you could see he was he was gaining his footing. Yeah, he was gaining his footing. And like, you know, it was a bit like, you know, like I think he even mentioned it himself. He's like that album was like, you know, let me get the who's who's to show you that i i I know people in rap and like you know all those things i do think it was it was a great i don't think it was i do think it was a steady not a great i don't think great is the word i think it was a steady um first album for him to put out you know to start off from so i think that was that was great so yeah that is number six i suppose yeah um at this point let me just mention them as i remember them. I think the next one after that should be Well let me say my top three and then whatever I didn't say fills in there. <laughs> I think next is views though. No no I won't say the top three, but I think after that should be views. Views had you asked me two years ago, views would be lower on the list. But I it was it was an it was an album that grew on me and I realized ah it wasn't an instant classic, it was really something that matured well. I really love that it matured well. I think views matured well and I think it doesn't get the credit that it should. It was a it is a proper Cornerstone Conestone album and I think like it it should be like you know it, it is a versatile album. It is a great album. It's very concise in thought and you know I think I think it's a bit too long. You know it, it it's I think it was twenty songs. I think it's a bit too long but it it was a good album. It was a good album. It wasn't a good album for me in the beginning. I like. I think I I, I had. It didn't sit with me well when I heard it from the get go. I don't think it. It attributed the, the proper Drake things that I enjoy. But then I realized later on that it was really hitting the right spots. Um, you know, fit keep the family close. Uh, views itself. I mean, the, the 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 song. Um, Western Road flows. Ooh, I love that one. My confidence level settling. Oh, yes, but yeah. So, like, that was that. Um, No, 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 no. Before views is that, 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 what is it? That collection thing. The one with passion fruit. What is that thing called? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The one that, before views. So, like, it's thank me later. Actually, yeah, it's thank me later. Then it's, it's that thing. That, that mixtape. Collaborate? No, that thing he dropped after Views. What was it called? The one that has passion fruit. Uh, the one that has the British rappers. What was that thing called? Yeah, that one is there. And then yeah, and then Views. Man, yeah, I think I'm. And then I think before Views is then. Um, if you're reading this, is too late. That was that was a proper Drake rap album. And I appreciate that. It's, it's not what I necessarily look for in Drake, but like, you know, I, I like that, you know, he showed that, like, you know, this is me putting an outing to the hip hop, you know, proper, you know, Drake bars for bars. I think that was a proper Drake album, a uh, proper hip hop album. That would, if Drake were to be a rapper, rapper, that would be what his albums would look like, or like, you know, around that. It wasn't bad, man. I enjoyed it, you know. You know, I was running through the six with my wolves. Yeah, so yeah. So those type of sentiments, and yeah, man. Uh, at this point, I don't, I don't know where I am on this list. I probably should have written it down next time. You know, these are fumbling curves. I'm really not going to get into this more. Um. So I know for me, I think the top three is it's so far gone. Is is top? You know, that's what it. That's that's what got me hooked onto Drake, and like that was that's. I think that's still the album to beat. For me, these two usually fluctuate, but like I, I reached a point in my life where I think. I, I am going to put everything, nothing was the same. Nothing was the same over take care because usually take care is always like seen as his epitome, but I think nothing was the same. was truly proper Drake album. You know, from the lengthy intro already, you knew what you were getting into. and I, you're, that was it was a brilliant piece of art. I really think it was a brilliant piece of art. and like um, I used to credit take care over it, but now as I, I think as I'm maturing and as my, as my taste is adjusting, I'm realizing that that album, that is probably what Blake's best work. I think So Far Gone is number one for nostalgic purposes. And you know, this is what entered it, him into it. And it's like where well, you can see his versatility. But So Far Gone, I uh, not no, So Far Gone was that, but uh, Nothing Was The Same this a proper album. It's a proper Drake album. So yeah, man, I think I mentioned all of them. I think you somewhat get the order. I apologize for my messy ranking. I really do. Um, yeah man. Uh what's the next one? The next question. When you started writing poetry, was it because you were tired of bottling stuff or was your mission to reach out to people? Yo so poetry is a funny story. Um initially when I started writing, right? Um was because we had we got this 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 interesting presentation in, in school, high school where we had to like create like um um a presentation of some sort like a rap or a, a song of some sort to show our skills I don't know I don't know who comes up with these things and so I was writing bars bars for days bars and I wrote the course also and like you know it was it was interesting and like that was when I actually realized how writing was really kind of just easy for me like you know rhyme schemes and so forth. And I was like oh that's, that's cool and so then, like I think every boy has this stage, or maybe not. Maybe I'm just assuming. But then I was like, huh, maybe I should be a rapper, man. I could be a rapper, man. And so I started writing raps, and like you know, it slowly phased because like I, I was like, I don't think I could be a rapper, man. I don't, I don't, I don't have that, that, that that aggression, that that I that that um storytelling vibe or type of thing. So I, was, I I think, I don't know what reason, stopped. I just know it's like, nah, stop for me. And then um, I think that's when we kicked into grade 11 and then we started doing poetry for real, for real. Oh, it was a grade 10. We started doing poetry for real, for real. And then like, I think we had to write poetry. And again, like writing came easy, wrote the poems. I think it's like she told us to write three or something like that. I was like, <laughs> a bit. And I wrote the three. And I really enjoyed it. And so I was like, oh well, this seems, seems fun. And I just continued doing it, man. I just continued writing and just continue, um, expressing my thoughts, like, you know, in lengthy posts. I think I also did that. I used to write a lot of notes on Facebook. I think you probably even still find those notes. There's, like, if Facebook still has that feature, but there's probably still a, a heck of a lot of notes. That's where you find all my, my old writings. I think you'll find a, two rap songs, I suppose, on there. Uh, or supposedly rap songs. Not, like, recorded, but, like, you know, the lyrics of a rap song and stuff. So that's generally how I got into poetry. So the funny story is like, it started out, you know, with me thinking I'll be a rapper. And then like, it just turned into like, yeah, I really like writing poetry. So I'm going to go with the first option. Um, tired of bottling stuff is the closest to the answer. It's not generally how I started writing a poetry because, you know, I never get tired of bottling stuff. <laughs> that's my thing. Bottle, 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 bottle. Oh, my girlfriend's going to hear that and be upset. <laughs> but yes, so um next question Who is the rambling leafer? Oh rambling leafer is technically me on a high, I suppose, or me in a low. It's a it's a moniker that allows me to express myself and like be different from who I am. So I don't know why it's like a split persona thing. I do that. So like um generally so rambling leafers the po- me being poetic, me being abstract, me thinking. You know, me expressing myself in this uh, in, in written word. And generally, so I continued it with even the podcast, it's just me rambling and expressing my thoughts and my words and just like my art. So, the rambling leaf is like, you know, it's an expression of the idea that I have a lot to say and I'm not really entirely sure what it is that I'm saying. So, I ramble a lot. Like, so it'll go around. And also, I think it was to highlight that I'm very uncertain too so i never speak in definitives and um I even i think if you if you've paid attention to my poetry it's a lot of um thoughts views expressions that is a very questioning i'm like is this what life's about is this what romance is about is this what i'm supposed to do um you know these are my ideas of is this who i'm supposed to be if so why is this my relationship with God? Am I satisfied? You know, those type of... It's very rambly. It's very mad. It's very madmanish. you know? And I, I think the reason why it came up is that, you know, when I started expressing my thoughts in length, when I started speaking, um, I think it was in high school again, a lot of people called me crazy, man. they just like, yes, yes, man. Like, you shouldn't be saying that out loud or you shouldn't be speaking about that. And, you know, so like, it, it kind of like, you know, got me the moniker of like you know being crazy or being that guy because like i would ask all the questions and i would i would say all the statements we're not really 100 percent certain of and like why would you say that i'm like it made sense uh, like it's a question i think we should be asking and stuff like that so you know the, those aspects of it so like you know at the rambling leaf I was just to point out that i'm aware that the things and the things i write about aren't really conventional and can be seen as a crazy person or someone that isn't well or someone that is sad and stuff like that and so i'm like yeah man so like you can hide behind the moniker like i'm just rambling i'm just you know being crazy this is the crazy type of thing so yeah uh next question what inspires the way you what inspires the way you write yeah um that's how i'm feeling at the moment or a thought a random thought, a feeling, a concept. Um, I could hear a phrase and go like, yes, I'm running with that. Or I could like, you know, see some a scene in a show and I'm going like, huh, I wonder if it played out like this. And then like, you know, I play with the idea. Or like, you know, I just take a topic. Usually I work around topics. So like, you know, for instance, if, you're, if you've been to my blog, you'll see there's, there's this thing called the poetry album that I have a concept. So usually the heading informs me of, where the direction I want to go, so like the album, so like the album name informs me of what it is I'm trying to speak about and where it is I'm trying to go. So for instance, um, there is one, uh, one of my favorites that I wrote a long time ago. Um, I think it's Tainted Love Affairs. So like just by the title alone, Tainted Love Affairs is like I'm trying to give off the idea or expression of stories or like you know poems of like love that's gone wrong or love that is a bit uh, you know murky something it doesn't really make sense and stuff or oh, like it's not the cliche understanding so usually that's where what inspires my writing like a concept or a thought that i want to spread out and so forth i think that one that i've released recently my most recent poetry album is um what is it Leafa? what is your most recent poetry album it's um the tears men don't cry and it's very like it's a very subtle piece of work of like how the challenges a man faces generally so, and like you know, how we attribute or like his communi- those challenges in his interaction with the world. And towards the end, I even point out how it's not really anyone's fault other than men themselves, or is it? You know, I question those concepts, I question those theories of like you know, and I just point out like, no, this album's about you know, what men feel genuinely but don't express. Or what you may not see, or what you may not be aware of when it comes to men, you know, and their emotions and expression. So generally, concept, and then I work through it and stuff like that. So that's usually how I write my poetry. Sometimes I just get an idea, put it on the notes, and then work on it when I'm home and stuff like that. So, um, it's it's a bit of a few methods, but yeah. So yeah, next one. This one was by Leela. who is sensy to you. Ooh, so. Sanzi is um Sarah's friend who I think was two years ago, or was it last year? No, it was two years ago, who came to Namibia for the first time and like you know, we are squads. squad squad decided we're gonna like you know assist Sarah in hosting her bra and like showing her the greatest time of times. So so to answer the question first of all, before I get into back, back to the story, Sanzi is a good friend of mine. Oh hmm. I'm very picky with the word friend though that's the thing, but I think Senzi would fall under it, but I'm very picky, but like, you know, she's great, she's a great person, like, great soul, loving soul, intelligent mind, oh, she's a brilliant mind, that's a smart woman, and yeah, so, uh, yeah, Senzi is a friend, um, met her through Sarah, where the squad were taking care of her, I was going through, like, the worst breakup that time, oh, it was terrible, like, we all, like, like I was in the pits, my friends were so pissed because like it was it was like you know you know those people who fight on their phone with their partner like and then make everything awkward for everyone. Yeah, that was me that I was that guy like yo like it was the pits. And so I think um, I think Senzi and I really like you know like we clipped and like we're really like you know on the same level of just like how we see the world and then people were like, yeah, you know you messed up your point. Yo 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 you messed up your chance because you yo, you're going through a breakup and I'm like sorry for going through a breakup Ooh. <laughs> But yeah no man Sandy's is a brilliant woman It's like for, there was a, there was a, there was a time where I was like I was convinced that you know it was it was still that time because i was heartbroken i was convinced that you know what namibian women don't appreciate me i'm tired of namibian women i'm going to marry a south african or zimbabwean and like you know half of that was just like you know because i've, I've never i've i've i think no i've I've like i've met brilliant zimbabwean women and Sensi was like you know she's like i was like i'm just gonna marry Sensi. i'm gonna go to Johannesburg and marry Sensi. that's it's about it it's like my partner is not namibian right and so like and then my partner my my current partner probably just like felt the ancestors like no 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 we can't lose a good man they're only seven so she's like you know she spotted me she saw my face and she was like yep that's a throne fit enough for a a, a queen to sit on that way they want to come out Mm, that was a bit explicit but anyways so yeah so like you know my partner like snatched me before i could like you know be exported and so like yeah Namibian women you've won a good man, like you know you're keeping them. They're not they're, like you know. There's a brain drain. There's no romance drain. I'm here. I'm loving a beautiful Namibian woman. Oh my goodness! But yeah. So yeah, that was, that's that's who sends you. Sensei is a great friend of mine. I think she's in Scotland studying, like getting her masters. Like you know, she's a brilliant mind. And so yeah, so yeah. Um, I think Lila asked me that question on purpose Because I'm in a relationship now And then like, you know, I made that comment about, you know I'm probably just going to go to Johannesburg and Mary Sanzy and, and like, so yeah, so like Unfortunately for you I'm secure in my relationship And so is Bay, and Bay knows already I told her before I went on the podcast ha, <laughs> in your face yeah. But anyways So yeah, so What else is there? is there anything out there you'd want the world to see is there anything out there you wouldn't want the world to see yeah there is man and I think you did this on purpose there's a video that these guys took of me that will that I will never admit to that these guys took that I would never ever ever want the world to ever see like there's that video that's about it and a few pages in my journal yeah that's about it otherwise act eh. Uh where do you see yourself working and what role by 2030? 2030 is like 5 years from now no no 10 years from now 10 years from now uh, yeah 10 years from now um huh. to be honest like if i can get my way properly is that i'll probably have my masters or close to having my phd by then and um i think then i could be lecturing philosophy because philosophy is my passion my passion passion de la passion i really just want to teach philosophy i really want to get into ethics i think by then if financially everything goes well i could probably start my, my this business idea or concept i have for like you know starting an ethical board or like you know something that looks into the ethics of namibian our, of our country namibian questions and you know, all those things and that's that's really where i see it um Job-wise, I do think, you know, it's better to have multiple streams of income. So, like, either I really grow in the company that I'm currently in because I love capacity trust. um, Generally so. It's, like, it's shown me things. It's shown me concepts. um, But, you know, if the wind blows and I have to be in a better position for me and my family, I'll take it, you know. But generally so, I'm really on that road of, of right now, I'm really on that road of of moving my chess pieces. I need to achieve what I need to achieve now so that my future is best um, planned. So like right now, my mind's at, I need to get a master's in philosophy. I need to get a master's in industrial psychology. Um, if I want to move in the industrial psychology uh, um, area, I need to get the, the what is, I need to get accredited in, is it accredited? And, or licensed in like, you know, certain testing material or certain testings. And stuff like that I psychometric tests i really want to go into that i really want to if i do venture deeper industrial psychology that's the route i want to take not only that but you know to develop um if i could do things in counseling i'll probably try and do that but i know it's a bit messy with how industrial psychology in my country is not really like registered the same way clinical psychology is so like you know that that makes it messy count the counseling route but yeah so the the registration and all those things that is where if i'm moving industrial psychology philosophy wise i want to do my masters hopefully i can do it still in bioethics that's where i'm that's what i'm gunning for i get that down um i can i can register with the united nations um and then i can you know get i can get some some food some numbers under my belt you know of ethical training and all those things and once i have that on my belt it will make it easier because then i fundamentally know what I can offer when I create my ethical business or on the side that I really want to do. I also want to lecture philosophy because I really just want to rabble. And philosophy allows you that, you know, to sit down, ask grade 12 students who just came to university, ask them difficult questions so they get confused with life. It's like, is this what university is about? <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I really want to do that. I really want to speak about ethics more. I really want. I think we should have conversations about right and wrong and ways of achieving that and ways of seeing these things and you know I think we hardly have avenues for that the people in charge of our ethics don't have ethical backgrounds they don't have ethical academic backgrounds like generally so like they don't do ethics they they either do law or business and then they just throw them in there and they're just like they're working on experience but like you know so this is something i'm really inspired by because i feel like there's really a need for it and there's really a platform for it and i could fill that gap like you know i just need to like move my pieces and like my chess pieces so i know like what it is i can um contribute what it is i want to look so i don't want to jump in head first without knowing so hopefully by 2030 i'm in a better position to allow for my dreams to be achieved If not already achieving them so like you know um by then i I feel like i should be comfortable i should be like if i'm not if i'm not lecturing or a senior lecturer at a university or something like that i might be in a business um in some capacity or like in hr in, in a human resource or wellness capacity and i'm hoping i'll be at the top of that big company wise um, because I really do think there are certain things I would love to implement in businesses that I think would work. and I think that it's very important that we, I don't think we pay enough emphasis on a human resources our human resources and developing them. And so like that is that is the concept I'm trying to chew on. So if I go corporate, it's gonna be wellness or HR, but in a develop I would like to be in a development capacity where I can uh, like you know alter and change things. If it's like you know, teaching then i would like to be a lecturer of philosophy you know technically i could also be a lecturer of psychology <laughs> forget my masters and then like you know on the side my thing the business thing would be you know about in ethics so that is hopefully by 2030 you could there's like the seeds are planted um there's some sprout you know there's something happening in those in those in those ways in those ways there is so like like, it's literally somewhere there. There isn't, like, an institution that my heart is set on, but, you know, like, you know, it's there. I am I know what I do have more set on is by, like, you know, 2030, I'm trying to be very comfortable. Like, I'm trying to have proper housing, medical aid. I'm trying to be, like, you know, in a position where either I have or can marry my partner, you know, those things. I would like to be in a position, like, where I'm comfortable enough, to you know, to, like, have my wedding, to, like, you know, marry my partner and to take care of her. So I think my, my, my visions of 2030 are more social, but then, like, yeah, like, the professional, the working side, it'll be somewhere it'll be somewhere among those three things I mentioned. Um, I believe it's the last question before we get into part B. <laughs> uh, you are taking a road trip with friends. It'll be five, uh, it'll be a five-hour trip till the next stop it's a double cab you're comfortably in the front your gf comes late and has to sit at the back do you sit with her or do you keep your seat i'll probably sit with her yeah man I'll, i think i'll sit with her like if anything i think my gf would not let me sit with her because i have long legs and like you know it gets really com- uncomfortable for me to sit in certain back seats if like you know it's a small car or some stuff um but generally so, like I would sit with my partner. I I'd rather sit with her, like, you know, that's 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 Bay. And like I get to keep an eye on her, see if she's okay, she's fine, and like stuff like that. So I would I would I would offer to sit with her. Um or I'd offer to sit in front if she wants, if she didn't feel comfortable. But knowing her, she'll probably tell me to sit in front. Um, uh, because, yeah. like if anyone cares about me I think it's it's generally her. She's like she's got you know, she's got my back even when I don't, so like, you know <laughs> So, but, like, yeah, I would love to sit with her. Like, always. Like, always, always I'm obsessed with that girl. Like, always. I'll always sit with her. So, yeah. um, Those are my questions, man. That is the question segment. Um, So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. The Q&A. Um, now, I don't know. I've been speaking for 40 minutes. Do I want to do a jar talk? It's been, like, um, I'll do one topic. I'll shake the jar. And then I just scratch it off my jar top topics. So like, you know, you have enough content. Because it's also not like an apology for missing a week. So yeah. And the topic is... Okay, I'm done shaking. Wait. Yeah, okay. Now I'm done shaking. What is the topic? A license to be a parent. Um... This is, um I believe I, r- I remember reading, hearing, listening to a talk about it, where generally so, they uh, they were considering, or there's a philosopher, an Australian philosopher who was considering that in order to be a parent, you have to apply and get a license for it. Just like you'd have to get a license for, to be a driver and stuff like that. Like to drive a vehicle. And no, it was intriguing and it was a thought because generally so, I do think, um, there are a lot of people who aren't equipped to be parents and can't be good parents, like you just see them and you just know their child's going to be traumatised for the rest of their life and probably be an unproductive citizen, you know, to the world because of how the parents raised them or how, who the parents are so generally so, I do think it's a conversation that does hold footing should people get a licence for having children, so usually then what would the criteria be, and that's the conversation where it would be, it probably be like finances should be there. Emotional stability should be there. Um, yeah, I think emotional stability. I think somewhat, you know, proper. Um, I think they should have gone to therapy, and like they should be able to like address their issues and know their issues. And I think generally, so then you should be able to express themselves. Like a short course on expression and thought, and you know how to beat your child. If that's the thing depending on who you are maybe you're against beating altogether but you know they should be you can't just whip out the wire and then smack them all over like jackie chan or something like that i don't know you know discipline course i think yeah i think that should happen um i think the biggest contention is always that when you say finances you're uh, automatically eliminating the poor you're saying if you don't reach a certain bracket then um you know you shouldn't be able to have kids and people are like, no, what about the lower class people and people poor? Why can't they have kids? This is some um classist propaganda and stuff like that. And to be fair, yeah, it probably is classist propaganda. But at the same time, like you know, this isn't something that isn't within our society. You can't adopt someone if you're not financially stable. Like Jerry, so that is that is that is something in life. That is something where poor people are excluded. Because like for instance, if a poor person wants to adopt someone, they would come and they look at the house and like, nah, nigga, you can't adopt because you're not in a conducive living environment. You don't have, you don't, ma- you don't have a proper job. You're unemployed, or you're not making enough to to take care of this child. I think that's one of one of the. I think that's one of the things that is there. At the same time, you know, there's all these criteria that you have when you're adopting a child. What the the family should be and be, the family should have in order to adopt a child. So like you know, if we can accept that with adoption. Why can't we accept that with, like, children that you can make with your own, you know, body organs and stuff like that? So, like, it's 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 an interesting dilemma to be in. Because, like, yes, it is, um, it is discrimination of sorts. Like, I think there's no sugarcoating it. That would be a discrimination against a class of sorts. But I feel like, you know, like, certain times you have to discriminate. And I'm not saying I'm up for it, but, like, if if like you know, there was a criteria that should be a criteria, because like I think there's I think there's a lot that there's a lot of struggle. There's a, not a lot of struggle, but there's a lot of if hardships that come with being like you know poor and stuff like that. Unfortunately, fortunately, it's that it's probably what will get me cancelled as an individual. This this conversation right here, but you know, well, if people want kids; they can have kids, but yeah, I I like you know there's a criteria that it would make sense why finances would be there. Just like how in adoption finances is there, it would make sense. You know, stability is important when you're adopting an individual who your partner and your relationship, how long you've been married. All those conversations are generally important, in you know when you're adopting people. And so it wouldn't make sense to have them in adopting, but then you wouldn't have them in the licensing. And if you wouldn't have them in the licensing, why would make them, the situation different? Because it's your body organs, the child. The, the situation, the circumstance of the child doesn't matter as much, really. Really, ah. so yeah, I do think though, yes, I am, I do think there is importance to it because, like, I do think how you're brought up is generally the hardest thing to shake. That is also where most of your trauma happens, is usually in your childhood, and that could be also by bad parenting. You have a lot of people in therapy. And a lot of people who are still dealing with how their parents raised them and how their household situation was. And that does play a big part in how they grow up, too. Especially with people who don't want to change. That's generally the concept. Especially people who perpetuate bad ideas. It's generally there in the parenting, in the upbringing of the individual. And so, like, to have a license of sorts, like, you know, to make sure that you could potentially, you know, bring up a decent individual or you have the criteria to bring up a decent individual I think, you know, if there is such a sentiments, those those should be the concepts and ideas crazy, I know uh, genuinely so, very discriminative as a concept too, like I don't know how you'd work around that there is no working around the finance thing because like it has to be there, if you're going to create a criteria, it has to be there there is no two ways about it like even if you remove it then it's not really a, a great environment because then a lot could happen. But at the same time, this could just be me scapegoating the environment of poverty. But like no one willingly opts into poverty. So like it's it's at the same time, like you know, it's such a it's such a it's such a brave line to be on. Like I said, I'm rambling right now, so please don't cancel me. I'm just rambling. It's not like a definitive thought, but like, you know, it becomes it becomes a very difficult conversation. I don't think you could have a criteria without finances. I really don't. Like, But at the same time, is finances everything? And like, is it a big part of it? Uh, is it a big part of it? I mean, look at right now how it becomes very difficult for when you were, when you hit situations like the pandemic. Like, uh, UNAM's trying to go around creating a, academic... Um, trying to, to continue their academics, so they're doing online um, teaching, e learning. And the issue with that is that you know, you have people who are less fortunate who don't have access to this, like you know, internet, don't have access to electricity, don't have a laptop, you know, don't have these electronics. And I'm like, the moment you do that, you disenfranchise them, and you can see how it's difficult for them in the like in a growing world. Like, those children, those people, those students generally can't move forward. Because they're less fortunate, and you can see how you miss out on certain things in life because of it. And, like, generally, so if they do continue, unfortunately, they do continue. It really does seem like the UNAM is going to fade me, or universities are going to make them repeat a year. Because, like, how are you going to continue when they don't have access to these things? Where are they going to get access to these things? Where are they going to get the education? And stuff like that, are you gonna go back? Because if they go back, they double back, then it's like they've done nothing because now they have to double back, teach them again, do the time thing. Then they might as well have done nothing because now you will have a certain group that was educated and now they either have to wait or you're going to continue and tell the other people to catch up. You mm-hmm. see, those problems that come up with financial systems and differences, this isn't like a problem on less fortunate people, like that's just generally our society. Capitalism is the, is the worst you know our society allowed for such gross injustices to occur such huge um what is the word i'm looking for such huge gaps in between societies is it wage gaps um gaps between the rich and the poor are, are huge man so like generally so it becomes very um and it's a very iffy situation to be placed in so like you can see their clear disadvantages and their clear advantages that occur with it but is this enough to Forbid people from having children. That is, a fo- that is a good question, man. Like, I'm like, damn. Hmm. Because I, I can't give you a straight answer because of that. That criteria alone. I think the other one's criteria are very important. Now I think they, they shouldn't be debatable. Like, you know, being... Going to, like, therapy. Like, even, like, if it's government-mandated therapy. Like, knowing your issues, how to handle them, and how to express yourself. I think that's very important when you're interacting with an individual who is going to depend on you on their view of life. I think it's very important that you understand who you are and therefore you can express and how to express yourself well and so forth. I think it's very important. I think therapy should be in there. I think um, I think understanding understanding yourself, emotional stability, like EQ should be there. I think it's very important. It makes it easier to actually like, you know, avoid traumatizing your child by mistake or avoid harming your child psychologically because those are the ones that are difficult you know to to fix psychological trauma follows you years later just your your 32 year old child having flashbacks of when you thoroughly beat them or you thoroughly said something like mean to them when they were seven and they wake up in cold flashes or like hot flashes you know those things generally stick with you and like becomes a thing, like I think also lessons in a, in like apologizing, Parents don't to apologize. Yes, man. But yeah, so like you see, concept like that. I think those concepts couldn't be debatable. They're not, um, they could be debatable in like how do you get access to them? Like maybe a government mandate or something like that. That would be important. Uh, I think that should be allowed. But generally, so like, I think for the well-being of a child, a license makes sense. But then what does well-being look like? And you see, you can have those emotional, mental, psychological aspects that we can all easily agree on. As the finance part that, like, you know, you're like, you rich, you rich, ignorant fool. How dare you say that about poor people that they can't have kids and stuff like that. And I think, you see, and it's like, the rich fool isn't far-fetched in what he's saying. It's not crazy to go like, Money should play a factor. Like, you know. But like I said, like at the same time, like, um... I've met a lot of brilliant individuals that survived and are great people that were poor. So, like, you can survive. You can create a worth... You can have happy marriages. You can have a good life. You can be brilliant. You know, so, like... Poverty isn't this evil sucking abyss, but it does play a role, hey? Maybe that's just me. Like, I think that would be something to expand on. Maybe that should be a future episode. But yeah, so that was just me rambling on it. And so as you can see, I might have said something offensive. I don't know. I feel like you could be offended by that. You could be. If you are, I apologize. I did not mean to offend you. I was just rattling. But you know... That is my thoughts on that topics per se. Should I do another one? I don't think so, man. I've been on your, I've been on for a while, but yeah. So that's technically jaw talk. I take topics out, open up, read it, give you my thoughts on it. So yeah, that is my thoughts. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. This was the ramblings of a madman. I truly hope that you enjoyed that episode i hope it gave you some sort of insight something to think on chew on and something to talk about within your circles if you would like to continue this conversation with me or if you'd like to engage me or tell me any comments or so forth you could always leave a message on the anchor fm if you're listening on that or you could engage me on twitter at the rambling Leifer is my handle and yeah i hope to hear from you and also if you do have ideas of what you'd like me to speak on. I could add to the list of, you know, requested themes and so forth if you think there's something you'd like to hear my opinion on. So yes, I do hope you enjoyed yourself and enjoyed the lesson. These were the ramblings of a madman.